name's Sid Garza Hillman, and this is what I think. I have two favorite magazines. The first one is Paleo Magazine, and I like that one because I like to see the cover. I have never actually read inside because they have me at the cover. I'm, I'm hooked because I get to see various dishes um, like Chef Waldorf salad, for instance, that was actually on a cover of the Paleo Magazine because I'm sort of, I sort of have like an amateur interest in anthropology, so I do like to find out what Paleolithic era, like what the cave people were eating. And it's interesting to me just to see that documented on a magazine cover, Chef Waldorf salad. I had no idea. I can admit when I don't know stuff, that is for sure. I did not know that. My other favorite is Keto Magazine. For for this reason, um, yesterday I was shopping at the market and there at the checkout stand was the Keto Magazine. Now on the cover was a very, very attractive uh, belly of a woman. Super fit. I mean, gorgeous flat stomach. Um, I'm saying kudos to the Photoshop artist is my is my guess. It's my guess. And on the right on her belly there is 20 pounds in 20 days. Their words, not mine. And here's more of their words. Quote, burn fat, boost energy, and transform your body. And I was thinking, I was like, that's pretty great. Um, 20 pounds in 20 days, by the way, is excellent. Um, they didn't cover whether you keep it off or whatever. But I, I realized when I looked at the, again, the claims, burn fat, boost energy, and transform your body. I think that meth does the same thing. I, I think that meth does the same thing. So I think there should be a meth magazine with another picture of a belly, very flat. Again, Photoshop, no problem. You can't show the face because it'd be missing teeth and you don't want to, that's kind of not attractive for, for anybody. Objectively, look, I don't want to teeth shame anybody. However, um, and you could just say 20 pounds in 20 days, burn fat, boost energy, transform your body. Same claim. Again, I would buy that. I would not buy that magazine. I would look at that magazine the way that I looked at the keto magazine. Okay. If you're going to bring the crazy, I'll look at the crazy. Who can't, who cannot look at something like that? You can't do it. Now, I will say that the gorgeous body, flat stomach, the whole thing, what they don't show is the, I'm guessing, and again, I don't want to be too judgy here, but I'm guessing that woman's colon is kind of a clusterfuck. I just, look, I'm guessing. It's conjecture. I don't know because I've never, I've never gotten in there, but I'm guessing it's a, not an attractive colon. Now I know you're you're probably saying, Sid, uh, has there ever been an attractive colon? Pro I don't know. I probably not. But I would say even in the colon world, this one's got to be bad. I mean, with that much meat and dairy and no fiber, the bacterial makeup and the perforated colon wall. I don't even. It's got to be a like a carnival, and I don't mean a good carnival. I mean like a carny carnival. That is her colon. They don't show that in the magazine. That to me is selective. It's like revisionist history. Like, okay, well, if you're going to show keto diet, let's see what you got. What I'm drinking tonight and uh, this evening. Uh, mm -mm. Now you're, you're out there and you've heard the podcast. You're going to say, well, one of two things, cough, three things, coffee, espresso, or single malt scotch, four things or bourbon. Neither of them. You can't pin, you can't pigeonhole me. Can't do it. I'm drinking a jar of water that has in it a tablespoon of something called vitamineral greens which i've been drinking for years and a tablespoon of maca 
if you've never looked up maca do yourself a favor i've been i've been i've been i've been partaking for years and years i don't really talk about it too much but i get home sometimes and i just throw a tablespoon of vitamin oil greens and a tablespoon of maca in a jar of water shake it up and i sip it do i do that during a podcast not generally but this is a Thursday night. I don't generally drink my scotches during the week. And so I came home and I was like, I'm just going to sip on this. And I think it's a good thing because it's not super, uh, what's the word? Tasty. So it's keeping me very present. I'm not I'm not doing this podcast and then zoning out while I have a sip of the single malt scotch. I am in it, in the podcast, and then I take a sip of that and I'm even deeper. In fact, I have to dig out of that to get back to that because I'm like, good God, is that grassy if you know who i am uh you will know that i am a partaker partooker partaken i have partaken of cold therapy for many days in a row since july of 2017 so you do the math on that but it's four years it's been four years wow four years it kind of came and went four years every day every single day now you know i'm a most of the time guy small stepper guy so why every day said why well because it's four to six, three to six minutes. You know, like I always go like, I play that little game. I go, I could, eh, why not? It's three to six minutes. However, I did miss a day and I'm kind of pleased about it. I got to tell you, it was kind of weird. Didn't even know I missed a day. It was for no logistical reason in terms of like, I don't have time to do it today. I just woke up the next day and I was like, holy crap, I didn't do my cold shower yesterday for the first time in over four years of literally every day. Now, the excuse I have, and it's not an excuse, but it's just what it is, is that my, if you listen to an older episode, I was, I had a, I hurt my, I tore my tensor fascia latte, my, that, my, that little muscle thing. So I was having, I was in pain and I was having back, you know, I was just hard, having a hard time walking. Um, but I did do cold therapy during that time. I just did like two or three minutes and it was just hard for me to stand up in the shower too much. And so I sort of just whatever, but I did it again, like every single day, except for there was just that one day. Um, I'm very pleased about the, I look, I had to listen to the language in my brain more on this, in this episode. But it was like automatic, like, well, okay, well, what if I just did another one? Maybe I could just, I, could, I probably got, I got to be able, somehow I've got to be able to fix this situation so that I can claim that I have never missed a single day. And I'm listening to this happen in my brain. It sounds like me more on that in a minute. It sounds like my voice. It's Sid's voice. It's not the least annoying voice, but it's not the most annoying voice in the room, right? And I hear it. And then, the, then, the, then I get to hear the guy who's actually representative. He's like, who I elected to to represent me as in, for for the state that I represent. I get two senators per per me, and he's one of them. Um, and he goes, "It's fine. You missed a day. Like that's a good thing. You're a most of the time guy. Don't freaking sweat it." And I moved on. I miss shit sometimes. What happens? I missed a I missed a day. With that said, we are in a severe drought. I swear, I'm getting to the point. We are in a severe drought in California. Severe. Now, if you listen to this. In 2021, you're going to go, oh, yeah, yeah. If you listen to this in 2022 or 25, 28, 29, 2030, you're going to go, oh, yeah, yeah, the drought. You're going to think that this is present to the time that you're listening to this because we're always in a freaking drought, it seems. But in 2021, we are in a a severe drought. So I take the cold showers. It's the only time I shower. I just jump in a cold shower, no soap, no shampoo. I mean, where would I put it, right? Don't answer that. No soap. And I just take, I don't go in for six minutes, usually three to six minutes, but usually five to six minutes. Well, I started to feel a little guilty. And I also was like kind of not affected by the cold shower. Like it wasn't really taxing to me. It didn't feel like you go in and I play that little fear game and dread game. If you see my videos, you know what I'm talking about. I'm not going to belabor the point here. But I was like, 
you know, cold therapy. No, it's not a waste because it's an exercise thing. It's like, you know, I'm, gonna, I'm still going to buy running shoes, even though technically I can walk in bare feet. It's that kind of thing, right? But I thought, well, if there are a way to avoid this. So I started looking into some of these cold tubs and I found one and this is not an advertisement. I'm not connected to anything, nothing. The only thing I'm connected to financially, just so you know, is my coaching work and my netty nut t-shirts and my books. Okay. Just FYI. No, no, I'm not trying to sell you anything. Nothing. No, I'm not connected to vitamin mineral greens, maca, nothing, nothing, no affiliate, no nothing commission, nothing. I found a tub called the cold plunge. And I was like, they got, I got a good deal on it. It's, you know, whatever. And I was able to get it. So I got it last Thursday. Holy crap. It is a whole nother ball game. So today, this morning, I did four and a half minutes at 48 degrees. I started at 50 and I'm working my way down. Every few days, I do a little degree down. Just, just playing with it, seeing how I'm doing. So far, so good. I freaking love it though. I love it, but it's a whole nother world. Like you're in it, not like a shower where it's hitting part of your body and then another part. This is like, I'm sitting in the tub and, uh, and it's outside and man, good. I'm loving it. Love it, but hate it. I hate it, but I love it. More on that in this episode, but I'm not done with the opening. Joe Rogan uh, is a podcaster, if you haven't heard of him. Uh, he's an interviewer. Now, I want to make I want to make something clear. He got COVID. I think he's probably not vaccinated, whatever. He's vague on it. So if you're vague on it, then you're a douche no matter what. Okay. Uh, he got COVID and it was like, oh, yeah. And then he took ivermectin or whatever the hell that thing is called. And then he took the monoclonal antibodies and the, every he, everything. So I saw the follow-up clip where he's like, I got better. I mean, you can't, you can't, you can't argue with that fact. I got better. So he's trying to say ivermectin's fine and, and it's good because some doctors told him. There are all, by the way, there's lots of doctors like Joseph Mercola who say a whole bunch of shit and they're doctors. So just because somebody has DR period in front of their name doesn't necessarily mean anything. Can we agree? Sometimes it does. It doesn't always. So because he threw 15 things at it and he felt better three days later, therefore, one of the things that he wants to prove works, def 100% works with no studies attached to that at all. And that's and, 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 and the thing is, I'm not even going to diss him on that because here's why. Let's be clear about who can do what and who is defined by what. And here's what I mean. He's an interviewer. Now, by the way, he's a funny comedian and he peaked, in my opinion, he peaked on the show News Radio many years ago. He was on News Radio, super funny on that. That was his up. He hit his top. He's been on a sort of a downslide. Not financially. He's doing great financially. I just mean in every other way. He's an interviewer. He's an interviewer. That is his expertise. He is an interviewer. Okay. Does he know other stuff? Maybe, but why would you, he's an interviewer. Somebody who is an interviewer doesn't make them an expert in fuck all, nothing. It doesn't mean anything necessarily. He's an interviewer and he's a darn good interviewer from what I've, the, the, some of the things I've heard. He's very good and he's, he's good. So is Mark Marin. Lots of other people, very good interviewers. I'm not a great interviewer. That's not my thing, but he's a good interviewer and I appreciate that. But why do we automatically, because somebody is an interviewer, we go, what do you have to say about all sorts of other subjects that we are listening to you for, for no apparent reason at all? That's my problem. Just like I don't listen to a doctor about nutrition because they're not trained in it. They can learn about it. That's what I did, but they are not automatically like that. So in other words, He's an actress. He's an actor, but it's like an actress. Just because an actor and actors are great at their craft doesn't mean that we have to listen or even should listen to their opinions about anything. We can, but we don't need to. It's not automatically built in to an expertise level kind of thing. 
Charlize Theron, who I'm a huge fan of. She's a phenomenal actress. Again, I'm not going, hey, Charlize, what do you think about uh, vitamin B6? You know, like, it's, but she's had a really great statement and um, where she said the media right now, it's uh, disappointing because her quote, it's, so there's a, not a quote, her focus is on, their focus is on celebrity over the work. I was like, God, she's a genius. I knew she was a genius, but she's such a great freaking actress, but she's super funny personally too. Focus on celebrity over the work. And I think that that's something to be aware of. Who are you listening to? To, for, for that stuff, like it's not necessarily the right place to, to take, how do I say this? How do I say this delicately in a way that's not going to offend you? To take any, in, any information out of their mouths and put it into your head in any meaningful way. Okay. Just please be careful about that. Okay. Joe Rogan, I'm sure he's a fine gent. Okay. But he's kind of a jackass. All right. So there you go. Mm. Thank you to everybody. Check out Rancho Compassion, the farm sanctuary that I sit upon their advisory board. Okay? I advise. And they, look, they hired me to, without pay, I'm an advisory board. So I'm get volunteering for crying out loud. But they hired, they asked me to be on that, because, not because I'm an interviewer. I'm just saying that. Okay? I will mention, and thanks for everybody who's small steps, who does a small step intensive and the program and small steppers and all that kind of stuff. And for the books. Look, I'm still challenged by the books. I don't know what the... F F is happening. But I will will remind people that I do breathing coaching. It's called Oxygen Advantage. It's pretty great. And the more that I'm doing it, especially in the cold in the cold plunge where it's for 40 degrees and I'm doing this breathing and it's really a great test of like the parasympathetic nervous system like gaining your, if you listen to my inexplicable 3 a.m. episode, you'll you will have, you will have heard, known what I'm talking about and and listen to that, but it's a really interesting way to consciously send a message that it's okay even though you could easily go the other way you could easily be sitting in a tub of 48 degrees and go holy crap but instead i'm consciously making this reality different for myself and it's it's a it doesn't make the cold pleasant at all it's just being in charge it's kind of it's kind of a kind of a thing anyways if podcast at sidgarzahillman.com if you want to do that i've got the intensive roll in and and but the breathing thing is is pretty cool and it's a month-long program if you guys are into it just you can i can tell you all about it but i've i kind of as 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 passionate as i am about nutrition obviously and i'm a running coach too the breathing right now for me is taking the pole position and here's why because if you build in a functional breathing habit then by virtue of that, you are also building in a stress management habit that will absolutely enable you to make more choices that are in line with how you truly want to live than not. In other words, in our stress state that we are all kind of dealing in, it's very hard to make decisions that we don't regret. It's very hard to make objective, like, here's what I actually want, you know, in the moment when we're in a reactive kind of mode we will in other words look at keto magazine and go i'm in keto magazine because that stomach i don't care about what the colon looks like but damn it that stomach is good looking i 20 pounds and 20 are you kidding me and they know that they're preying on that but bringing in a, 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 a whatever you do breathing in a habit of stress management a habit of maintaining and controlling your life not in a holding on so tight way but controlling in other words 
building in a, a way to live most days where you were engaged enough to make those decisions that are in line with who you are and not reactive decisions. Man, see, that's why it's sort of the pole position because that can affect the way you eat. Because again, I can teach everybody nutrition in an hour, in an hour class. It's nothing. But can you pull it off if you're over-caffeinated, exhausted, fatigued, super stressed at work, super stressed at home? I don't care what you know. That's an uphill battle. You see what I'm saying? Do you see what I'm saying? Great to hear it. So here's what I'm going to talk about today. It's called the feeling question. And again, like some things I talk about in this podcast, it's been coming up and it's something that I specifically titled myself called the after feeling. And what I alluded to earlier is that is that voice um, in my head that you know you can hear and it sounds like me and that when I miss that day of cold therapy and, it, and it's it there's feelings attached to it of you know I got to figure out how to how, how can I claim that this I did this every day and I didn't miss a, a single day you know like it's that kind of thing and it's very real sounding however and and by the way every day almost without fail that I get into the cold either the tub or the shower there is a quick of dread of fear of this is going to suck of why can't I this kind of judgment all the chatter we hear it's in our voice the reason I know it's a good decision is because of what I call the after feeling and that is that when you are done with that act how you feel afterwards is typically when you find out that was totally what I wanted to do and I wasn't quite sure because before I did it I had fear and stress wrapped up in it and I was kind of it kind of muddies the water in a way that makes it very hard for us to make a decision sometimes that is in line with who we are as I was saying the after feeling is a way to is way to sort of let go a little bit on the before feeling you kind of make a decision to do something and you sort of do it but where the learning comes in is afterwards when you go that totally sucked i did not want to do that or that felt amazing i totally wanted to do that and the benefit of that after feeling of the focus on the after feeling is that that's where we learn that's where we get to know who we are so that when the next time comes up the before feelings have a little less weight if there's fear attached we have a little more knowledge in our arsenal that says uh, I'm not going to listen to you quite as much about this. Isn't Even though I crave that almond croissant, I don't really want it right now. I might want it at some point, but right now I kind of don't because I've been here before and I know that last time I did this, I didn't feel good afterwards. It didn't make me feel physically good or whatever and it didn't make me feel emotionally good more importantly. It didn't make me, it, I regretted it. I felt shame about it. And we can get pissed at ourselves about that shame, by the way, but that doesn't help anything. What we can do is go, why did I feel shame? Well, because I haven't been eating that well in general and I'm over caffeinated. I wasn't feeling good and it was a craving and it wasn't like a treat that I really even enjoyed. It was like a reactive thing and I just ate it and then I was pissed at myself afterwards. Then we get to ask the questions of, well, why? What were the circumstances? Well, can I fix the circumstances? Can I start focusing on sleeping a little bit better, learning how to functionally breathe, for instance, to go for light walks so I'm relieving my stress so that I can set myself up for a, a, more, a possibly more successful interaction next time around. The point is, is that there's a big question that I've heard, which is that can we always trust our feelings? And the, I don't know, but the answer is also no. You, you cannot always trust your feelings, okay? Your feelings are not automatically valid just because you feel them. Okay. If they were, then people who are racist, I'd be like, yeah, okay. I mean, you feel that way. So, you know, it's valid. It's not fucking valid. It's a fear-based reaction. We know that. And people act on it or they don't act on it. 
but it's not valid. It's, it's a, it's a feeling not saying that, but I'm saying with a little thought attached to it, it may not actually be a legit feeling for that person, not from me. I just mean for that person. And the reason why I titled this episode, the feeling question and not the after feeling is because question your feelings, question them. Is that realistic day to day, every moment? No, of course not. You've got to go with it sometimes. And that's what it is. But when you have a chance, understand that your feelings often will not match up with your values. Just because you feel something can be history, it can be fear, it can be how you were raised, all those kinds of things. Don't automatically just go, well, I feel that way and that's legit and valid. And so I'm going to act on that. It may not be who you are. They don't always lock up in the modern world. You're feeling we're in a weird place. We're very stressed. Our feelings do not always lock up with who we are. Yes, there's knowledge and feeling, but that does not automatically mean that feeling is a representative of who you are, but there's certainly knowledge. And that is, in fact, recently I was driving and somebody cut me off in traffic. Okay. Not a lot of traffic, but you know, where I live, cut me, cut, cut me off. In traffic. And I was like going to like flip them off because that's what you do until I had a moment where I was like, I don't even care. I was, I was in a good mood. It didn't, I didn't have to jam on my brakes. It wasn't dangerous. It was maybe a 1% annoyance, but I was going to do the thing that you do when somebody cuts you off for no reason. I don't give a shit. Maybe they didn't see me. I don't care. It, I literally was like, I do not care about this. Why am I going to react that way? Because I had this feeling of when somebody does that to you, that's what you, I feel like I should flip them off. And that's my point. Question it. It would be, it would be ridiculous for me to flip that person off because I wasn't actually bothered by it. I, I didn't care. So the lesson of this podcast and what I've been thinking about with clients, especially is the after feeling because they, sometimes they go, look, I, I, I came up to the junk food and I'm the guy, the small stepper guy, I go eat the junk food. I can literally like, look, treat yourself, have fun. Good Lord. But they will say, well, how do I know? Because I'm, I'm looking at it and I'm hearing myself say, well, a little bit's okay. And that's okay. Or, or you're going to be, you know, they hear, how do I know? I go, you know, don't make it about that battle. Do what you do. Eat, eat it. Pay attention to what happens after. If you choose not to eat it, you might feel afterwards regret because you go, you know what? I'm restricting myself for no reason. Like I should have had that treat. I was at a party and that was ridiculous. Why would I deprive myself of that? That is insane. Or you might say, eat it. And you might go, totally happy I ate that. Totally happy I did that. Or you might eat it and go, I didn't want the damn thing. What a waste of an opportunity to actually fully enjoy it and not feel regret and shame. It's a, the, it becomes its own habit also, but it comes in as, as with a very small price to pay, which is to just take a moment to question your feelings after you do something now and then pay attention to the after feeling and then note it, make a note of it in your brain. Aha. In this circumstance, in this time, in this day, that thing was me or that thing was that I did was not me. And you move on after that. But it's coming up a lot because it's in the moment, especially around things that are addictive like junk food and drugs and alcohol. It's very hard it's often in the context of stress and the context of a crazy, the crazy lives we're living to really parse out that voice in your head and say, well, that, okay, the thing that sounds like me, that's the one that's me. And the other thing that sounds exactly like me too, is not the one who's me. It's really hard to do that. You can get better at it. You can, but you've got to question your feelings, define afterwards what you would have done instead. If you did something that was not representative of who you are, and then you freaking move on and it works. You guys, it works. You know what else works? The keto diet. 20 pounds in 20 days. It's 20 pounds in 20 days. What I would like to see is the Keto Colon Magazine. That would be interesting. Mm -hmm. 
has a hairline. She wears a hairline. She lives out of house. Wanders for a while. Hitches herself a ride with no right place in mind. Only knows it's her time. Where's a hand? 